Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to On Shomer Bjog. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, but I am not today joined by Benjamin because he's gone on bloody holiday. That guy he spends more bloody time on holiday than than not on. Oh, no, that's not great. That's not a great joke. But anyway, look, I've been joined by a man who, following a recent very near brush with death, had to get a blood transfusion from King Felipe of Spain which led him to find out that even though he's not immortal, he does have inside him the blood of kings. It's Shane. Very good. Didn't know where you were going with that. No, no. <laughs> Look, so, pe- people come for the the pop culture news and they stay for the overly complicated jokes. <laughs> yes, I was going to do a whole gothic romanticism thing about Ben flitting from shadow to shadow in Spain, leering after young ones. Because <laughs> he'd like that and it's sort of on brand. Yeah, and sorry. he's pale. Yeah, he is pale. He's, he's on brand stroker, we'd call him. Shane, you... <laughs> Because you uh, you refuse to do the theme music, so I'm going to do Ben's bit. <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. <laughs> Made myself laugh. <laughs> Shane, <laughs> speaking of making ourselves laugh, is there any news in the world of popular culture about a noted friend of the podcast, Joe Manganiello? Yeah, he has a really difficult name to pronounce. He does, doesn't he? Say it five times fast, we're just pro- for the listeners. We're probably mangian, mangling it. Yes. Joe Manganiello. Yeah, him. Uh, is slated to appear in a movie called Arch Enemy. Right. Where he will play the character Max Fist. The best character name I think ever yep. committed to. I don't think it'll make it to the screen. I no. think they'll have to change it. Yeah, they will. They'll have to make it sound less ridiculous. Um, the plot, as I understand it from earlier reports, is... That this guy either is a superhero. Max Fist, yeah. Max Fist is yeah. either a superhero from a different dimension. Yes. Who has come to fight crime in our dimension. Yeah. But has no powers. Right. Or is a mental case. <laughs> who leads astray a teenager. Oh, good. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit inspired by your life. I mean, yeah, in many ways. Yeah. I'm a very successful podcaster in my home dimension. Yes. And yeah. you lead astray teenagers in this dimension. <laughs> I thought you meant Ben. <laughs> Shane, that was mean. Um, I don't like when people are mean to me. That's not the usual dynamic. I'm kind of mean to Ben. Look, Shane, be quiet for one second and tell me, is this based on a, a, an existing property? No. You've not researched... It's a, it's a I whole... haven't researched this enough, but I'm going to assertively say no. <laughs> I shall fill the role of Ben and just guess at an answer. <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. Yeah, and by the time I'm next on the podcast, nobody will remember that I have to make a retraction. <laughs> Shane, uh, a, a while ago, probably a year ago, in fact, you joined us on the podcast to talk about uh, one of the most interesting developments in popular culture media in the last few years which was YouTube's original streaming series revival of The Karate Kid. Yes. And now it's back. Actually, it has been back for some time. It's been back for some time, but neither of us watched it. No, because they wanted to charge us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we stood on principle and said, fuck off, YouTube. We will not pay for YouTube. But Shane, then tell us what happened. YouTube, realising that they needed to keep interest going and that some people would keep paying, mm-hmm. they might get more subscribers from a season three, they made season two free, Yay. but they made each episode free like one a week. Is that how it worked? Yeah. So it started off like only episode one was free, then okay. episode two. So this week marked the point where all 10 episodes were free. So I watched it. <laughs> the whole thing from start yeah. to finish. And it's excellent. I, I mean, it's definitely worth paying for. I just don't want to pay for it. Because it's YouTube. Yeah. The whole point of YouTube is it's free. 
Yes, it is. I'm just going to adjust your mic. There we go. Yeah. The whole point of YouTube is it's free. Yeah, it was set up to bring me free content. Yeah, you go on YouTube when you want something for free. Yeah. You know, I don't want to pay for something. I'll just go on YouTube. Yeah. Now, the fact that people have started increasing the production values of the stuff they're putting on YouTube, it's not my fault because I haven't been paying. No. I never once said I would pay for that. But that's happened and I'm going to benefit from it. <laughs> One way or other. Yeah. So, Shane, you said, you told me, you said, Mick, I bloody knocked my own mic off there. Anyway, Shane, you told me, you said to me, Mick, you should watch it because it is one of the most explosive finales. And did you watch the finale? I watched a couple of episodes, actually. The finale is spectacular. It is brilliant. It is one of the best brawls I've ever seen on a television programme. And he does a whole Mufasa falling into the canyon. Oh, Oh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, by the way. Yeah. Um, Before I tell you which character does the Mufasa. But anyway, look, hold on. Before we talk about that, I didn't see any, really. I, I watched it in reverse. I watched the finale and said, that was amazing. I should probably find out what was going on. Who those characters are. Yeah. Now, a lot of it, I think, didn't matter. But can you very briefly, Shane, and with some mild spoilers, fill us in on what happens in season two? What's season two about? So at the end of season one, John Kreese walks into Cobra Kai Dojo. Yes, John Kreese is... The original sensei from the Karate Kid films and a real bad egg. Yeah. Um, John Kreese is there. He comes in, wants to be a part of it claims to have made changes to his life he's a better person he accepts that Johnny is moving on Johnny for most of the series tries to be a better guy more aligning himself more with the morality that you'd see from a proper sensei from the Mr. Miyagi right Um, there's a bit of a shift back and forward bit of back and forth between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do yeah because at this stage Daniel LaRusso has set up his own dojo yeah I think that was in season one wasn't it or? yeah but now he has students okay before it was just his very attractive daughter and attractive. his legal aged daughter Let's I mean certainly in the that. real world she is legally aged <laughs> yes, she good. does portray a character who is not of legal age but it's that kind of American teen sitcom where everyone's 25 yeah that's fine I mean okay. yeah look a bit rougher than me sometimes <laughs> um, you've aged very well though yeah I have Man yeah. in my thirties, still all my teeth, all my hair, all your teeth, all your hair. Yeah, still good. Anyway, so very few wrinkles. Back and forward. At one stage, there's a heart-rending episode where one of the original trio that Johnny used to hang around with when he was a kid. Yeah, that you'd recognise from the. They're all brought back. Oh really? And one of them has terminal cancer. Oh no! And he dies. Get out of here! But before he dies, he tells Johnny to be a better person and not take the Cobra Kai Which no mercy stuff. I can't remember. They all look the same. Yeah, but it was it, touching. He's one of the guys who Danny, Daniel beats in the tournament. Yeah, really? put him in a body bag. I think it was that guy. Was it? Yeah. Put so that guy's dead. Bag. Oh, wow. Okay, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played no more part than to give a bit of an emotional resonance to that. Um, so Johnny comes back and like he's, he adjusts himself and he's like, this whole no mercy thing, Maybe not it's cool. not great, yeah. Yeah, it'll ruin lives. Don't get caught up in the Cobra Kai bullshit. Also, it's a karate school. <laughs> yeah. Why I is mean, it so serious? I don't know. Like, that's child abuse. Yeah. There's, if... Someone should be going to jail. Yeah, we've both done children first training. That's emotional <laughs> abuse. Yeah, someone... We'd have to do a Tussler referral. We'd have to do it to refer... I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's a lot of paperwork so and they keep paperwork. coming after you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so that's... They're sort of aligning, but... The whole point of this, and where I think this is better than Game of Thrones, and there I've said it. Okay, you've said it. You've come out The whole point it. of Game of Thrones is that information travels slowly and people jump to conclusions without knowing the full facts. Oh, yeah, like... Because I noticed that in the final episode. Yeah, people, like, who would otherwise get on, just pick things up wrong, interpret things wrong, or on yeah. the wrong side of things, and don't 
information travels too slowly and then they've made decisions and taken actions and have to live with the consequences of their actions. That's what's happening here, but in the information age, because of people's pig-headedness. And that's why Johnny Lawrence throws his phone away at the end. Yeah. And then he gets a text. He does. Season three is going to have Ali Mills. We don't know which... Oh, we don't know. Will it be Elizabeth Shoe? Oh, I hope it's Elizabeth Shoe. She's a bloody shoe in for the role, isn't she? <laughs> um. So yeah, the so it all boils down. There's like Larusso and Johnny have sort of come to terms. They have seen the better sides of each other. Yeah. Um. But there's because of their actions before. There's still bitterness between Miyagi Do and Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um. It's mostly because of Hawk because he's a prick. But, I was thinking, his he's the guy with the mohawk. Isn't yeah, he? his descent into being a prick is the best villain origin story since Breaking Bad. I know, it's brilliant. It's absolutely amazing. He's an absolute dickhead. Yeah, he's brilliant though. Um, so yeah, then at the end of it, it's there's just this like they're back to school. I think the final episode takes place on the first day of school. First day of school, it does. I saw it this te- morning. There's been some teen drama. Yeah. Um. Somebody kissed somebody else, etc., etc. Someone hit a pocket watch or something. Yeah. Or so I don't know. Um. It breaks into just this school-wide Miyagi-Do versus Cobra Kai brawl. It's absolutely amazing. And you haven't had a chance to watch it, but there's like this 40-year-old character who joins Cobra Stingray. Kai. Stingray. Stingray. And he wears this little stupid goatee. Yes. And he's in it as well. It's he brilliant. assaults some children. Yeah. He's at a job interview. He does a hip bump. Yes, he does. And he assaults some children. My my The whole school breaks out into this big fight. My favourite moment of the entire fight is when the two, the, there seems to be a young nerd in each group. Yes, their groups are very evenly matched. Right, exactly. And the I two mean, young nerds are fighting. If you and Ben split and joined different karate dojos, it would not be evenly matched. <laughs> Poor Ben. Yeah, it'd be terrible. He's no physical threat to me at all. None. Um, but if the, the, two, the two nerds are fighting... And then the actual school security guard comes up and just grabs them both and picks them up and goes, stop, stop it. And one of them's like going to try and punch him, but he just picks them up. It's brilliant. Because then you go, they're all kids. Here's the funny thing, though, Shane. Maybe because of my weird way of watching this in reverse, I thought it was like a Chinese book where you read it from back to front. You know what I mean? Were you drinking? From, from right, from right. Were you drinking heavily? You watch, you watch it from right to left. Anyway, because of that, I had no sense who was good and who was bad. I was just thinking all of these people should go to prison. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's Is a, that the, the point? It's the thing of Game of Thrones and it's the thing of, of Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Nobody's good or bad. It's just people who don't know the full story. No. Everybody's the hero of their own story. How deep? Yeah. So much better than Game of Thrones. Even that... This podcast has said it now. We are fans of Cobra Kai and not Game of Thrones. Even the new young one, Tori. Yeah. She she seems a bit of a bad egg. Well, there's a thing. She had a spiky fist thing. She did have a spiky fist thing, but is she bad? Is she? I don't know. I, I don't I, think I, so. I've She's never g- seen her before. Misunderstood. See, she has a bit... They're all love interests and love triangles and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic um, teen drama. She's after Miguel... Daniel LaRusso's daughter is after Miguel yeah. everybody wants Miguel and yeah. then nobody wants Miguel and then everybody wants Miguel again right um, so there's a rivalry there and she's going after her yeah but um, with fisty spikes yeah and like she's come up in the Cobra Kai which is, gets hijacked by John Kreese and mixed messages going out to her she's also kind of from very much a working class background where Ooh. Daniel LaRusso's family are very privileged mm-hmm. so 
she goes to a country club with a friend and gets accused of stealing because oh, she's classic. from a working yeah, class background. She's got a nose ring. Yeah. And is also very sexy. <laughs> for, for did you check? Did you check before you nah, go? Yeah, I did. Good, yeah, very I did. good. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> where are we going with this? Anyway, did you notice when she puts on the, the fist spikes, every time she does a punch, it has a knife sound effect instead of a punch sound effect? Brilliant. It goes, shh, shh, shh. Also, they're very blunt looking fist spikes, but yeah. they manage to do like a whole Bruce Lee swipe across an arm. Yeah, it's... Uh, through clothing. And anyway, they do a Muf- Mustafa. Yeah. Mufasa. Mufasa, that's the fella. <laughs> and uh, Robbie? Yeah, Robbie knocks Miguel Robbie over the edge. kicks Miguel over the edge. Yeah, and after Miguel has shown mercy. Yeah, never show mercy. That's no. what John Kreese would say. But it is very, like, he's going to hit that banister. He is. He's going to really fuck up his spine. Yeah. And then he does. He does. How and drama. It, like, that is the most serious injury that Karate Kid has ever shown. Yeah, usually it's just a sprained ankle. Yeah. And I mean, Mr. Miyagi gives him a rub and goes, maybe, look at your you dope. Yeah, you're 15. You probably don't need an ACL surgery. No, you'd be all right. Yeah, you not might. like when you're in your 30s and every minor pain requires an ACL surgery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the pain. Yeah, but it's good, isn't it? No, people should watch it. Yeah, people I, should definitely watch it. I shouldn't pay for it, but should definitely watch yeah, it. Yeah, you've only got a couple of days. Yeah. It's probably over by the time this comes out. No, because they've all lasted... Like, they started adding them. There's 10 episodes, so at least 10 weeks ago. So right. I'd say that you have another week or two before they'll put it back on the premium. Get on it. Could make them make a third season. Yeah, they're 20 minutes. I think a third season has been announced. Oh, good. Because Ali Mills is going to show up. This is, a, is it going to be Elizabeth Chew? Oh, fingers crossed. Look, I mean, if she goes for the audition, she's probably a shoe in That's not a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> so what else are we talking about? Shane, yes. who bloody watches The Watchmen? The bloody pair of us. We watches the Watchmen. Yes, we do. Um, we're what are we now? We're three three episodes. Three episodes in. in. The highlight of this episode for anyone who's going to have to stop listening to the podcast let's straight away. Little, let's do a little spoiler break. Hold on. Spoilers are coming. Here they come. We're going to talk about Watchmen. Here come the spoilers for Watchmen. Good. Next time we do it, it'll be a wrap. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so a character shows up from the original Watchmen. Yeah. And it's none other than... Bloody Silk Spectre too. Yeah. Laurie Blake. Yes. Laurie. So she now works for the FBI. Yeah. And the FBI are enforcing the... The Federal no, Bureau of Investigation. The no vigilante law. Yeah. And so she's catching them. But because she's such a good operative, yeah. she's sent down to Tulsa. To sort to out this mess. Sort out this mess. And she brings with her her big, big blue dildo because she misses <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. That was definitely the highlight of the episode. Yeah, that was my favourite bit. It's like, oh God, that's a big blue dildo. It's a huge blue. It was bloody enormous. Yeah. It was the length of a man's arm. Yeah. And then she decides not to go for it and... Knocks in next door. Sexually harass her... Subordinate. Subordinate. Wow. I mean... There's a Me Too for you now. Yeah, I mean, this ep- this show is really on target with the race politics, but... Yeah, I don't know if they got the bloody feminism down no, as, no. as well. Um, it is, though, the the episode of the show that is most mired in the, the, the world's mythology. Yes, you've had to know, and it becomes very apparent that it's leading on from the comic, not the yes, book. Yes, because we get confirmation that... The movie. We got confirmation that it was the squid... Yeah. Not a Dr. Manhattan attack. But, first of all, she's a great, um, she's great as an older, yes. former vigilante. I really liked her performance. And I really liked the clash between her and Sister Knight. That was very good. 
I like the whole speech about how I'm going to get you and I'm the best and I'm going to get and Sister Knight just goes, oh! Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> and the tension goes, it was... swaps back completely the other way. Very, very good. Very well written. Sister Knight is excellent. Yeah. Um, formidable. Yeah, because the formidability, which is definitely a word, uh, of Silk Spectre is, it's kind of omnipresent. Yeah. You know? I mean, she really... She really owns every scene and... Like even takes charge at the end. There's like a funeral scene where a bomber shows up, and she mm-hmm. takes charge of that. And although she does make a bit of a mess of it, yeah, she makes a mess of it. Like she definitely causes the bomb to go off. Yeah, but she's there. She's in charge. She's acting. Mm-hmm. And then there's this speech where I'm going to get you. Yeah, and she's like, Nah, <laughs> are you? And owns it. Takes yeah. it right back. One of from an episode where she was a little bit overshadowed. And yeah, she is now our favorite character ever, Sister Knight. Yeah, yeah, she definitely she'll do a kick. Uh, she'll do a kick. She'll kick him on the head as soon oh, as look at him. As soon as look at him. She'll make him do. It. She'll grab him by the wrist and do a flip. Yeah. Then she'll give him a kick and then she'll put him in her boot, like keto throw. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, what I liked about it was it was our first glimpse of the world outside Tulsa. Yes. And it showed us that it showed us a world more recognizable to us. Yes, that what's going on in Tulsa is odd. Yeah. What's going on with the police is strange. What's going on with the resurgence of vigilantes? It's, I mean, there are obviously vigilantes because there's an anti-vigilante task force. But what's happening specifically in in uh, in, Tulsa, in Tulsa is noteworthy. Yeah. And there's that joke in the middle. How do you tell the difference between a vigilante and a masked cop? I don't know. You know what? Neither do I. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. She drains the power out of Mirrorball. Yeah. So quickly by knowing his name and knowing what happened and saying, take off that silly mask. And then you expect that with Sister Knight as well. And then the reaction of, oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, very so good. funny. Very good. Um, I know the story of the Watchmen pretty intimately. But I don't know. I still don't know exactly where this is following on from. I'm still not entirely sure. And obviously, we're not supposed to know entirely what's no. going on. But I, I, I'm still a little bit confused what's going on. Especially with Adrian Veidt. Yes. Adrian Veidt appears to be trapped by someone. Are you sure that's Adrian Veidt? Yeah. Because they mention that... He dresses that up as Ozymandias at the end of it. He does. And he says, I'm Adrian Veidt. But yeah, I mean, they, those were my two clues there, really. But I think, could they be herrings? <gasps> could that be a madman who thinks he's Adrian Veidt? Who has an army of clones? Yeah. Could that be a clone? Of Adrian Veidt? Yeah. But then isn't it Adrian Veidt? I don't know. Well, are those clones that he keeps killing, are they people? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, kind of. That's probably not great, is he? You should probably stop that. Yeah. Uh, What do you think that it might be Night Owl, who's gone mad and thinks he's Adrian Veidt? Nah. Night Owl was a bit pudgier. (laughs) (laughs) He was, wasn't he? (laughs) Apparently Zack Snyder didn't want... Patrick Wilson to put on weight when he played Night Owl in the movie. And Patrick Wilson said, I've got to put on some weight. Yeah. He's like, I've already done it, so <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> By the way, I'm not going to lose it. You can CG some abs onto me like you did with Jerry Butler. Oh, I wish people would CG abs onto us. Yeah. Remember when we had abs? Yeah. I never had abs. Just no. f- Just flat. Like a sexy lady. To be fair, you're mostly hair. Abs yeah. would have been wasted. The effort would have, it'd be like the Bigfoot having abs. I think the Bigfoot does traditionally have abs. No one knows. Doesn't he have a patch though where you can see the abs? Ah, he has a little bald belly spot. But yeah, like, my dog has a little bald belly spot. <laughs> that's what I'm working on. What are we talking about? Anyway, it's good, isn't it? I would watch yeah. Watchmen. You definitely, yeah. you don't, I don't think you need to really know what's going on because 
we're introduced to introduced to continually introduced to point, point of view characters who are going what's going on in Tulsa yeah um, but and I, I think said, evidence of not needing to know what's going on is that my good lady wife is watching it mm-hmm. and hasn't a breeze what's going on and isn't asking me too many questions that oh. irritate the shit out of me <laughs> she's good of her she doesn't listen to this does she no no, no she doesn't yeah, you get away she finds that. this program tedious <laughs> She keeps interrupting and asking you questions. What's he talking about now? Why, why is he talking to this? What are we doing? Now, Shane, look, hooray. We've got through our bloody... There wasn't much news. There was some news about bloody Star Wars and The Mandalorian is out next week, isn't it? I mean, who fucking cares? I don't know. I think you might. He's essentially a bounty space hunting cowboy? cowboy in space by the looks of things. I know, but... He has a like a space lasso and he'll come and space get you. Oh, I, d- I still Annie. don't care uh, It'll be set in a universe Created by George Lucas With too many Fluffy stupid creatures But I think this is going to do away With a lot of the fluffy stupid creatures Will it? I don't know See here you're, d- you're sitting me down And you're trying to sell this to me And I've largely avoided it And gone Look I just don't like Star Wars I don't like <laughs> but, the I way mean, it's set Or shot Or scripted you, you know me Shane I do And you know no Star Wars No great Star Wars fan am I No I'm, I mean I'm, I look around Three Star Wars action figures. Yeah, I think maybe. in here somewhere. Yeah, there's that guy up there. Like, one. there's more Stargate. I'm a much bigger there's fan a, of Stargate. Yeah, than Star shelf. Wars. But uh, yeah, not many Star. I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars, but I'm somewhat interested in seeing this. Mm. I won't be there opening night. I will wait for some reviews. It's a TV show. I won't be there opening night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. All right. Stand by uh, it. That's fine. Uh, Disney Plus is coming to Ireland in March. Disney Plus, yeah, Disney's new streaming service. I mean, March. Another streaming service. I mean, Shane, let's be honest. We've got Netflix. Yeah. We're not going to pay for another one. No, we've got Net. I already pay for Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, well, we'll I'm damned if I'm going to pay for YouTube. Yeah, and this Johnny Come Lately Disney. <laughs> Disney, Disney Johnny Come Lately isn't going to get a red cent of your money nope. until we'll all gather together in public halls. Yes, and, and watch, watch Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Yes. On a big so screen. Disney get one subscription. I don't, and a sense of community will be fostered. Very good. Power to the people. Yes, Shane. Speaking of uh, pop culture properties with a huge sense of community, we're here today to talk about Highlander. <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> not every not every segue has to be great. That's, no, that's one of the first rules of podcast. Shots a kill shot, eh? <laughs> Look, Shane. Why don't you tell some of our younger listeners? You know, our average age of listeners, Shane, is twenty four. Is it fuck? Oh, yeah. So why don't you tell some of our... They well, could, they could star in like a CW as a teenager. Exactly. Yeah, they could. Uh, Never uh, give up on your dreams, 24-year-olds. Yeah, a suspiciously sexy teenager. Um, do I want that? Do I want to say that on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Here's where we're going. We're saying that, um, yes, so our, our young'uns, Shane, they're younglings, younglings, a lot of them. And a lot of them might be wondering, Shane, what, what even is Highlander? Wow. Since I'm talking to the younglings, yes. this is a property that deals with immortality and the issues that arise from immortality Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get across you know the sense of loss the sense of all things fading crumbling into dust around you yes as two men in their late 30s late 30s we've seen our knees fail both of them yes our wrists begin to hurt my ankle hurts my ankle hurts now yeah just having a conversation hurts my leg your hair hey leave it out it's a choice my my joy the (laughs) vive Become cynical and yeah. bittered. And bittered and worn I mean, down like a nub. Just this week, I was yeah. at a funeral and my dad being a staunch traditionalist, we had to fill in the grave by hand with shovels. Oh no. Which really gives you time to think yeah. about Highlander. 
<laughs> so just as a bit of context for the listeners, Shane was informed two weeks ago that we were doing our, well, how long have we been planning a Highlander episode? Oh, since about, the podcast started. three years. So we told him two weeks ago, we're doing a Highlander episode and said to him, Shane, think about Highlander. Shane, being literal minded as a dog, has thought about nothing but Highlander for the last two weeks. Sending late night messages to Mick, just informing him I was thinking about Highlander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just what are you Clips, doing? Just lying, ideas. lying in bed thinking about Highlander. Yeah. So anyway, Shane, what is yeah Highlander? So Gregory Wyden, I think, was doing his like end of like it was a college assignment. He was finishing up in some sort of screenwriting college or something to that effect. Really? And wrote Highlander as a a spec treatment. Yeah, I think like, is what we call it. In well, the he industry. wrote a script for a movie. Yeah. And then managed to sell it. So presumably got like a B plus and also made some money out of it. <laughs> uh, Most stories like that though, the college professor says, no one will ever buy this trash. Yeah. So he sold that to Panzer Davis, which I can't Great remember name. their first name. Uh, they were the producers. And oh, I thought it was a person. No, that would be a great name. I'd like to be named after a tank. Yeah. Um, Maybe not a Nazi tank. No. Churchill Courtney. Patton. Um, yeah, so they brought in somebody to direct it. Who yeah. You said his name earlier. I did. I said his name earlier. Now I've forgotten. The, the uh, fellow who directed it. Remember? Russell Mulcahy. That's the Who one. up to that point was a music video director. So think Mac G of He's his Mac day. He's Mac G. He's the Mac G of his time. Yeah. He brought with him a kind of an editing style and fast cuts and really suited the new medium, which had a lot of special effects in it. Mm. So he put together Highlander, which deals with the immortal Conor MacLeod, born in the Highlands of Scotland several hundred years ago. Conor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. Of the Clan MacLeod. Um, It's never properly explained in the movie. Like the whole, the rules of it, they don't go into it enough in that movie and then every subsequent movie makes an absolute balls of it so yeah um, the TV show a little bit as well but the general gist of it is there's lots of immortals and if you kill an immortal and chop off his head you get all of his power yes don't know exactly what that meant because it's not like you became as strong as two men no you just got his power in some vague sense yeah in some vague sense now in later movies there was a guy who had like, you know, McLeod, I think, had taken three or four hundred heads where yeah. this guy had like thousands, tens of thousands. Mm. And he was super invincible. Yeah. But the the TV show seemed to imply possibly involved getting some of their skills. A little bit. Or their experience, but yeah. not their memories. Yeah. Like where in the TV show, there was an immortal Darius who I think upon sacking Rome took the head of... A really good immortal. Yeah. And then he became really good. Oh, good. Um, he lived in a monastery. Yeah. And... He, was... he pretended to be a watcher for a long time. No, that was Mythos. That's Mythos. I was thinking yeah, of Darius, No, Darius was straight up immortal. Didn't pretend to be anything else. Just lived in a monastery. Um, and then somebody took his head and they became better. And then McLeod took a really evil immortal's head and for a while he was evil and oh. accidentally killed Richie. Oh, Richie, yeah. Remember Richie? But Richie was immortal though, as it turned out. Yeah, but not when McLeod chopped his head off. Oh. That's how Richie died in oh, the that's series. That's how Richie died. Yeah, I felt real bad for him. Oh, that's season five. Yeah. That's some season four, five stuff. So there. Highlander, the movie started off yeah, as we've a stand- track off yeah. track already. Started <laughs> off as a standalone. You've yeah. got lots of immortals. They all feel an irresistible pull to a faraway land, which as it turns out is New York. America, yeah. Um, to come together for the gathering when mm-hmm. only a few remain. They all get together, lop the heads off each other. Yeah. And the last one gets the prize. Again, pretty vague on what the prize is. The prize is called the quickening, isn't it? No, the quickening is what happens after you take... 
is that not a the prize there's an end goal of if you've killed all the other immortals you get something there's the end prize once you have all of the quickenings Mm -hmm. and in the movie it was kind of you know the thoughts of every man and beast on the earth and you can you know if you're a good guy you can lead it to everlasting peace and prosperity if you're a bad guy you can just terrorize everyone yeah but you're also now able to have kids Oh. Which I mean. Because the immortals can't have kids. Yeah, immortals can't have kids. But once you win the prize, you're able to have kids, which is. I mean, just between you and me, Mick. <laughs> In this room, yeah, no recording but, equipment. Yeah, I don't know that that's much of a prize. <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of kids. Yeah. Little bastards. Like, yeah, if you've the jaded ennui of a 600 year old man and you're suddenly told you're going to have to be getting up late at night to do feeds and stuff and clean yeah. nappies. I'd be like, that was a shit prize. That was, yeah, I don't know if that was worth it. Yeah. Come here to me, though. You are uh, you, you stop aging at the age when you first die. Yes. So it'd be very unpleasant to die at 70. Yes, or at seven. Yeah. Now, all of these things... You'd end up in a Kirsten Dunst situation. Yeah, all of these things are kind of looked at a little bit in the TV series. Right. The TV series is kind of the natural progression from the... Um, the well, movie. One of the sound panels has just fallen off and landed gently on Shane's head. It's like a cloud. <laughs> um, so the TV series follows on better and deals with the adventures of Duncan MacLeod. Of the Connor MacLeod. Yes, Connor's much younger cousin. Mm-hmm. There's about 200 years between them, I think. Yeah. Or 150. Um, and Christopher Lambert appears in the first Connor, episode. He's in the first episode, isn't he? Yeah. And they've. What was the guy's name? Vance or something Slan Slan is the villain of the first episode and he's pointless Good. he's just crap it's hilarious to watch Um, so yeah that deals with it the other movies which many of them had happened before the TV series um, 2 and 3 definitely happened before two the TV 2 and 3 contradict each other yes 2 Connor McLeod has you know at the end of the first movie spoilers for a 1986 movie yeah, Connor McLeod wins yeah he gets uh, the quick prize yeah has a lady friend in the shape of Brenda. Who Brenda, one of, yeah, one yeah. of the sexiest names. Yeah, oh, definitely. Although there is a quite a formative sex scene. Oh, is there? There is. This should just be called the formative sex scene podcast. Yeah, we could. <laughs> no, Wait, no, I thought about that. Now. No, that would we be won't. a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so they go off. I think they're gone to Scotland, whatever. Yeah, um, whatever. And he's now able to grow old and bring world peace and have kids. I've done a shrugging motion there. Yeah. Um, he They head off to Scotland. That's how one ends. Um, then it starts into two and it's in the future. Uh, air travel is remarkably unsafe, I remember. It's shocking. Um, Ramirez, who was played by Sean Connery, Sean Connery is somehow the... resurrected. Ramirez was an Egyptian, wasn't he? Yes. With a Spanish name? Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Yes. Why was he Egyptian though? Uh, I don't know. And he was now the chief metallurgist to the King of Spain. Yeah, but and also he was a, a Scottish. Yeah, oh, the accents in this were very confusing. <laughs> They're very famously confusing. Yeah, Christopher Lambert is French. Yes. And had only recently learned English. Yes. To, certainly to the standard he speaks it in this. And could not do a Scottish accent no, to save his life. Not a chance. The best thing they managed to get out of him was to give him an accent that doesn't sound from, of being from anywhere in particular. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point... A cop asks him, you talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? And he goes, lots of different places. Yeah, very And good. that kind of explains it away. Yeah, and we're like, okay, that's okay. Then does he do we his like, laugh? Yeah. 
<laughs> if you've got a moment, just go and Google Christopher Lambert laugh. Uh, it's about three minutes of better than Mick. <laughs> <laughs> then Sean Connery shows up. Yeah. Once you've come to terms with Christopher Lambert being from lots of different places, yeah. Sean Connery shows up and... He's clearly from Scotland. Yeah, clearly from Scotland. <laughs> a Scottish man not knowing what a haggis is yeah. and then describing it as disgu- disgusting is ridiculous. Yeah, it's very good. There are a few other funny accents in it, aren't there? there I mean, yeah. the Kurgan has that British accent. Hello, I'm the bloody Kurgan. I'm only here to bloody chop your head off. Am I mixing this up? Am I getting my films Yeah, the up? Kurgan doesn't have a British, Hello, a British Clancy, accent. It's me, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan. I'm here to bloody <laughs> chop your head off, you bloody blighter. The Kurgan suffers a, a cut to the throat. So mostly speaks, I'm the Kurgan. Oh, no, wait, yeah. still British. <laughs> I'm the bloody Kurgan. I'm bloody... So, Hang on, there's a line that gets me in the mood for the Kurgan. All right, go on. Another time, Highlander. Still British, though. He's not British. <laughs> He's bloody British. And the bloody British. So, Clancy Brown, yeah. arguably the best actor in the movie. Yeah. If we look back on all of the accolades and. Who played roles. Brenda? Don't know. Some, someone. Some woman. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. Your wife doesn't listen to this now? No, not oh, in, very not good. Not even okay. a little bit. Keep trucking then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kurgan is played by Clancy Brown, who's great. Um, apparently Clancy Brown spent most of his time on the set of this getting drunk with the bikers who were playing the Scottish oh, good. Um, extras. Oh, good. So he remembers very little of it. <laughs> um, is it Highlander 2 whereupon we learn that immortals are mind-wiped aliens from the future? Well, I don't think they're necessarily from the future, but yes. And right. it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's a load of bollocks yeah. and undoes it and... Because they're from a different planet, somebody sends down more. Yeah. And that re-immortalizes Connor, Connor McLeod, who is then an old man. What was going on in their head when they thought, what we need to do is, look, we've written ourselves into a corner. We've had them win. Yeah. We need more immortals. Fly them in from space. Yeah. Why didn't they just say some could be born? Yeah. That would be much easier. Yeah. Or a wizard. The magic word, if you need to write something in the same universe... Prequel <laughs> No don't go No I'd Prequel the shit out To of be it. honest I'd prefer if it wasn't a prequel But Yeah you'd prefer that But Wait you say you'd prefer that Pick a property From any of the things On your wall Yes And I'm gonna offer you Yes Magic aliens From a different planet <laughs> Yeah Or prequel series Nearly everything here Is already magic, magic aliens From a different planet True I don't think you'd find something that isn't More magic aliens More magic aliens Nonsensical magic aliens this time So yeah So then three undoes two Doesn't it? Yeah Because three, no, they weren't aliens that Three was just you a, had Mario Peebles Yeah uh, Stuck in a cave Right and The cave was thick enough that Oh, the, the, the immortal sensing thing couldn't get through. So Conor McLeod won the prize, but they just didn't realise. Yeah, he was like in a lead-lined yeah. vault. So then he got out and he had slightly magic powers. See? Yeah. And it was it was better than two, but it was still a bit shit. And then there's Highlander Endgame, isn't there, with Edge? Yes. And both McLeods. I've only yeah. seen that once. I don't remember being impressed by it. No, it was shite. One of them sacrifices himself to the other, doesn't he? Doesn't Connor yeah, sacrifice Connor himself to Duncan? Connor sacrifices himself to Duncan because he's grown old. Yeah. Well, not even grown old. He's grown tired, tired of it all. Yeah, tired of the Grind. game. Grind. Did you call him Dunklin? Dunklin. Yeah, very good. Dunklin yeah. McLeod. Yeah. Dunklin McLeod. That's his name. Um, yeah, and with the combined powers, they're able to take on the big bad. Who's uh Who was also from the clan McLeod. Yeah, which, there's mean, too many of them. I mean, unlikely. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's stupid. 
Um, and then that's it. Then there's no, no more. There's, there's no more. more. No, there's no there's more. There's more. <laughs> there's more. There's more where Duncan just runs around. One is in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Right. It's so bad. He's just running around. And he's still dressed in his long jacket. Like just Is he still on his boat in Paris? No. Is he it's still all with to shit. Vanessa? I don't know how it has all gone to shit. It wasn't Vanessa. It was... Vivian. No. Virginia. No. This is good podcasting. Yeah. Valerie. We're just going... Vivica. No. Ooh, Vivica could be good. No, move on, move on. It'll come to me. Right. Um, yeah, so all the movies were crap. The TV series holds a special place in the hearts of men our age. Yes. Because it was shown on Sky One, I think, about nine o'clock. Yeah, bedtime. Of a Thursday. Yeah. So just, you know, got you through the week. Yeah. It had a man with a cool long jacket. Yeah, very cool long, long jacket. Long hair, which I think we all wanted. Yeah, especially and now. At least one of us tried to grow and it looked <laughs> stupid. And a long jacket, yeah. which at least one of us owned, yeah. and it looked stupid. Yes. And swords. Yes. So, yeah. It was very influential. Did you ever watch the show, was it The Raven? Was that the spin-off? Yes, it was Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. Was a love interest and immortal in her own right. And one time, Playboy Centerfold. Classic femme fatale. Yes. Um, well, the Playboy Centerfold thing was in real life, not part oh, of the okay. backstory. Oh, um, She got a spin-off. Wasn't any good though, was it? I think it lasted a season and then died. Was it called The Raven? Yeah. And it was just about immortals? Yeah, it was the same as Highlander. Adventure of the Week. But now it's a lady. Yeah. Highlander but a lady and not from the Highlands. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it wasn't called Highlander. My favourite Highlander villain was the guy from the Fine Young Cannibals. (laughs) That guy, yeah. That guy. He got his hand chopped off. His hand chopped off. With a a, grenade and thrown into a cement mixer. And he used an axe, didn't he? Yeah, something was that him? Lines. Was his name Xavier? Yes. <laughs> Xavier Sinclair? Yeah. Why do I remember so much about this show? Because it was so good. <laughs> so um, Shane. Occupied so much of our time. It has been long an ambition of ours to see a revival of, yes. the, of the property of Highlander. We first came up with the idea while sitting watching Spartacus. Yes. And we went, you know who'd do a great job of Highlander? Stephen These S. Guys. Tonight. These guys would do a great job. <laughs> it really would be an ideal marriage of... Uh, yeah. Of concept and style. So Stephen S. Knight and the stars of that work. I assume yes. you're both listening. Yep, they do. They listen. Yeah, they do. They send us scathing <laughs> private messages sometimes. <laughs> Stop pitching us ideas. Yeah, it's not Stephen S. Knight. It's Stevens Knight. <laughs> that's uh, that's the joke of the episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're pitching the idea that we have for the TV series, a revivalist TV series. Uh, for Highlander. Yeah. Now, this is completely unconnected to the current production hell, mired in development hell, Highlander that is might appear May in the next few probably years. probably not appear. Probably won't. It's in development by, what's his name? From John Wick? Oh, Chad Stranalski. Chad Stranalski. So, I mean, he'd probably be doing a jujitsu. Yeah. He'd probably have a gun and kick yeah. a man in the head. I imagine if he did it, it would be set in the modern world. Ooh. I'm going a different route. You're oh, very good. Okay, and um, apparently, he thinks he has too much for a movie, so a movie might not be the right way to go. But I think people sometimes say that when they've been told we're not making this into a film. I think, though, of all the properties that you could look at and go, I have too much for a movie. The tale of a man who has lived for six hundred years it would be might... great for a series of miniseries. Yeah. A couple of miniseries. How many miniseries are we thinking? Five. Right, go on. Tell us a tale, Shane. Tell weave, us a tale. Weave us a tale. So, a couple of 
caveats. Okay. If you remember, which I know you do because you remembered Xavier Sinclair and yes. nobody else does. Um, it drives me crazy though. Uh, uh, <laughs> nobody knows who the fine young cannibals are no, anymore. No, not anymore. Yeah, they don't have a clue. The younglings won't know what's going on. Um, the TV series had... You had a Villain of the Week show up. Yeah. You had a flashback or two explaining how Duncan McLeod knew this lad yeah. back in the bygone days. And then there was always some sort of parallel situation now yeah, and then. Yeah, something was going on. Whether they were friends or enemies from back in the day, it didn't really matter. The person was either still a prick or had turned into a prick. Yeah. And like every situation in life, had to be settled by a sword fight. Yes. So they had a sword fight and at the end of it, Duncan McLeod won. Yeah. And we moved on to the next episode. Yeah. And occasionally you had some plot development or something actually happen. But um, mostly it was pretty procedural. What what fans of TV show kind of post the X-Files and Buffy call a mythos episode. Yes. As opposed to a villain of the week episode. Yeah, but you still had a villain of the week in it. Yeah. You very rarely had an episode. I think there was about four episodes that didn't have a villain of the week. Yeah, and they were Joe-centric. Yeah. Fucking Joe. <laughs> but at the same time, the Watchers, soft spot for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was always a flashback and McLeod always seemed to be just in the right spot. Yes. Like if somebody was signing the Bill of Rights, he was pulling points in the corner. There he was, yeah. Yeah, you know. At the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, Berlin Wall's coming down. There he is handing out shovels. Yeah. Like he just, he was everywhere. Yeah, he's always there. It was there. real fucking irritating. <laughs> like it was good once or twice. It's yeah. like, oh, there he is. Like, because you're an immortal. Remember you know? when he solved World War Two? Yeah. Um... But I would like to do it where somebody goes, hey, you were around for that time, weren't you? And he was like, I don't know, I was pretty drunk in the 90s. <laughs> Very good. And like, you know, something important. And he had left the room too soon and didn't see what was what had going on. And he was just told about it later. Yes, I'd like or, that. That'd be good. Like his mate goes, hey, will we go see the new Shakespeare play? And he goes, Shakespeare's shit. Five years, nobody will know who he is. Yeah, let's go see Thomas Blake. Yeah. Is that the one? No. No. You know, I know who you mean. There was a joke there. But yeah, there was. I, I, oh. haven't, I haven't nailed it. You know who would have got that right? Ben. Ben would have got that ben right. Ben would have got that right. Oh. First time we've ever missed Ben. Yeah. Come back, Ben. <laughs> Go on, anyway. So, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, I don't want to necessitate the flashbacks. Yeah. So, I would like to start and do just a tale of Conor McLeod coming from the Highlands. Yes. So, season one deals with Conor McLeod. He's, the McLeods are fighting with the Frasers. Um. They always have been. Mm-hmm. The Frasers, let's say they ally themselves with the English. Because the English were always available. The bloody Scotland. English. Yeah, those pricks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any negative feelings towards the English no. at all. <laughs> Grandpa um, Yeah, especially, you know, because most of the people in England now weren't alive back in the 1500s. Yes, and probably have as much genetically in common with the people from the 1500s as you do. Exactly. Um, anyway, so the Frasers and the McLeods are fighting. And... The Frasers are losing, at which point they turn to the English, yes. bolster their forces, and the English bring in a couple of mercenaries. Right. Chief of these mercenaries yeah. is the Kurgan. Oh. The Kurgan is unaware of the Conor MacLeod. Right. And where Clancy Brown played the Kurgan as just an unstoppable killing machine devoid of emotion or remorse or anything like this. Yes. The Kurgan I'm pitching is a calculating, he's a politician, more, a killer. He's much more of a prick. Yeah. Right. Like he's prepared to put plans in motion. Yeah. Um, and now are his goals the subjugation of the Scottish or are his goals finding immortals? His, he doesn't care about the subjugation of the Scottish. Right. He enjoys a killing. Right. A murdering, a pillaging, a raping. Okay. That's the Kurgan. That's what he's there for. Yeah, he's into that. Being immortal But he a has a long game. 
Right. You know, with the immortality, he's looking to become the most powerful by killing everybody. Okay. And the best way to do that is to get paid to go and kill everybody. Right. You know? And then there'll probably so, be an immortal somewhere and you can get him. Yeah. Like, because the gathering hasn't happened. Immortals are fairly spread out. New ones are still being born yeah. all the time. So you might come across some easy pickings. Yeah. A so, baby. Yeah. Or like an untrained Highland warrior. Right. So he goes in and like the first half of the episode is just going to run like a Game of Thrones seasons. It's machinations, wheels within wheels, strategizing. Nothing the, about immortals. No, fuck the immortal thing. Yeah. Just have a good yeah. political kind so, of fantasy, not fantasy, a, a, a semi-historical. Yeah. Remember when Game of Thrones started and it sucked you in by not really being about dragons, dragons yeah. or magic yeah. or anything like that. You just had a... Geez, that's a lot of eyes on a raven. I mean, it wouldn't be, I don't think, mad to throw in the comparison to the TV show Vikings. Yes. I think something along those something, lines. Something to be said there. So you've got a village setting, you know, politics, that kind of thing is happening. A lot of people get into it, hopefully. Um, and then all of a sudden, our main character, middle of the season, fucking stabbing the heart. Oh, no. Conor McLeod is down. Yeah. The McLeods have faced... A massive fucking defeat in battle. There's bound to be some people, some people who'll go, (gasps) yeah, because I mean, the word Highlander itself doesn't say anything about immortality. No. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I'm I'm with you here. Yeah. I wish I was one of those people. Yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that happens. Yeah. And the McLeods looking like they're done for. Mm -hmm. They've retreated back up to the Highlands. Yeah. They've brought their dead and they're injured with them and they're going to bury them. McLeod looks like he's on his way out and then all of a sudden dies. Yeah. Um, his village like the his, Kurgan's like I bloody got you you fucking yeah. son of a bitch and the next time <laughs> they meet there's always this sense between two immortals yeah Um, where they kind of sense that they're there and like he sees him he's like I killed you yeah and McLeod is like yeah, I know you did but <laughs> <Look>. jog on <laughs> I'm alright I got better yeah Um, the village are starting to reject him but they need every able-bodied man there's a bit of tension there's there there's a bit of witchcraftery around them. yeah I mean everybody's yeah. suspicious of him yeah. we're talking good old Catholic Catholic uh, Scotland, yeah. Scotland. Um, Burning Rosemary Adam. Yeah, there's another battle or like McLeod might be driven from the village. Mm. I'm thinking maybe driven from the village. You generally he, have an episode like that, wouldn't you? And he goes a bit Bravehearty. He goes a bit guerrilla warfare. Yeah, he's out in the wilds. Like, and the Frasers who saw this man die in battle because, you know, let's say he's this chief's son or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So well-known, bit mm-hmm. of a celebrity. Saw him die in battle. Suddenly see McLeod coming ar- uh, around and killing their men, mm-hmm. taking them out as they're walking like night patrols might, and stuff. He might even go off and join a, a, an even wilder clan. I, yeah. And come back with some of them, maybe. Maybe. Something along those lines. Know. Just, you know, you need more characters. Yeah. To kill. Um, <laughs> yeah, to grow to love and yeah. then kill. You have to make some friends. So, so he, he goes off and makes a friend. Some hairy man. wildly apparent that he is immortal. The Kurgan hears about this man who died in battle mm-hmm. and it has returned and is now killing all the Fraser's men and is turning the tide back in favour of the McLeods mm-hmm. because the Fraser's soldiers are like am I fuck going to fight them their yeah. men don't die yeah if one of them doesn't die at least yeah. for the very least um, they're killing us the ghost of Connor McLeod oh yeah very good that kind of thing he's out to get us um, God is not on our side no, where at the same time the Fraser or the McLeods are like the devil is on our side yeah you know? yeah and um, so on yeah and so <laughs> they on. say that they say the devil is on our side and so on yeah and so on and so <laughs> forth and then the season kind of comes to a close as the McLeods and the Frasers reach kind of an uneasy treaty right the Kurgan 
again is killed in battle and is afraid to return because once your cover is blown as an immortal you don't come back yeah because you're always afraid of the villagers and their burning brands because they'll chop your head off oh they will they might accidentally chop your head off in the melee of trying to get you yeah so MacLeod is driven from his village and the Kurgan with no special attachment to MacLeod just fucks off all right yeah and we're introduced to Ramirez oh in season one yeah at the end of season one okay so Ramirez shows up and kind of point of view character for ourselves McLeod gets it explained to him what exactly has happened okay because up to this he's just been working on the assumption that he survived for some yeah reason. I'm the one guy who can't die mm-hmm. and nothing can get me because he doesn't other than a strange feeling he gets about the Kurgan yeah and like they're about to meet each other in battle you get this big crescendo it's about to happen it's about to go off here's these two guys and then a lo- like in the movie the armies arrive the armies arrive they rush in and it's a melee and the Kurgan gets killed has to scarper McLeod goes back to his village everybody's sort of happy that he helped out yeah. bit of a celebrity the legends of you will be told down through the ages but fuck but off fu- yeah, yeah fuck, fuck off, off. You, you creep us right out <laughs> <laughs> you're real weird yeah so he disappears off and Ramirez shows up in the final episode and explains what's been going on and mm. you were sitting there having watched what you thought was a bit of a political thriller with a slightly magical edge to it going this about immortals this about immortals everyone's immortals now yeah. and come here um, so basically what you're saying is the pitch for the first season six episodes I'd say yeah six episodes the pitch for the first season is the first 20 minutes of the movie Highlander but stretched out but with no stupid flashbacks fleshed out yeah rather than stretched out yeah with characters yeah characters you care about yeah and like plot development and like and I'd like Clancy Brown to appear as a village elder yes that would be great wouldn't I'd it I'd like him to maybe be Conor McLeod's father Sean Connery certainly wouldn't no is there something wrong with Sean Connery? Yeah, he's a bit of a madman, I think. He hasn't appeared in anything since... He retired. Yeah, but like, you re- you only retire when you're an actor when there's something gone wrong yeah. in your head. <laughs> I think he, he hit a few women in his time. He did. Uh, he oh, a there's a great tale about Sean Connery. He was going... He was on a movie set in London and Joe Stagliano... Or, no, that's a porn star. Um, <laughs> the Lana Turner was overshooting with him and she was going out with an actual legit gangster. Right. Um, it's referenced in the film LA Confidential Okay. and the gangster shows up and in the middle of scene Connery is kissing Lana Turner and your man runs onto set and kind of points a gun at Connery and says get away from my woman and Connery goes fuck off takes the gun off him and hits him a few slaps oh really and then um, had to go into hiding when he was later shot (laughs) (laughs) so Connery spent some time in like the 60s or 70s hiding because a gangster had been shot and everyone thought maybe Connery had something to do with it oh that's good isn't it Um, have you given any thoughts of casting yeah I'm thinking Taylor Kitsch Taylor Kitsch yeah because I was the only person who liked John Carter of Mars yeah no one liked that no one liked it at all and I think he would make a fine everyman he has a fairly undefined accent normally anyway yeah I think he could probably do at least as good a Scottish accent as Christopher Lambert (laughs) (laughs) and he looks good with the scraggly hair yeah right Um, how old are we thinking how old is Taylor Kitsch right now I think he's about our age yeah no he might be a bit younger a bit younger but that's ideal yeah see I was thinking of someone, and unfortunately, I think they're probably ten years too old. But I would love for it to be Dustin Clare, oh, who played Gannicus. In he's so short, though. he's so short, but that's fine. I mean, he, he could wear find lips. little lifty, lifty at the kilt. Is it a nice short? He could kilt. always be slightly uphill. Yeah, a little. that's why people call him the Highlander. Yeah, <laughs> like, why? Uh, 
Why are you standing up on that slope there? Because <laughs> I'm the Highlander. <laughs> it's not because you're short. Uh, I, th- I, I would love it for it to be him because I think he has the charisma yeah. to play. See, what I really like about this is you're going to have season one where like all of the character development is going to happen over a period of about five, six hundred years yeah. until we have our final season, which is set in modern now, times right. or the 80s. Because we love the 80s right now. The 80s are so hot. Um, so, McLeod can be a bit of a prick. Mm-hmm. He learns a bit of a lesson. You know, he can start off as a bit of a charismatic, womanising prick. Yeah. Yeah. And Dustin Clare would be perfect for that. But possibly a bit too old. Possibly a bit too old. He's like 50, isn't he? Dustin Clare's about 50 now. Yeah, Jesus, is he? I think he might be. Oh, so disappointing. I'll check. I'll check. You spin your wheels there. Time makes fools of us all. You Which, would... I mean, is part of the theme of this. <laughs> yeah. You find out. You tell us who's going to play the Kurgan and I'll check out how old Dustin Clare is. Kurgan, I think we just need so. I don't want star power to overshadow the Kurgan. Right. So, like, I was thinking... Yeah, I was thinking of him too. Because I'm going a slightly different direction than the movie where he's just this big implacable killing machine. Yeah. I was thinking, what's his name? Dustin Clare's... <laughs> Exactly my age. Is he? He's 37. Okay. Maybe Dustin Clare then. Maybe Dustin Clare. Yeah. Because he could presumably play younger. We could just clean him up a bit. Look at him. He looks so Scottish. He looks so Highlander. <laughs> imagine so him, happy. Imagine him in a kilt with a big sword standing yeah. slightly up a slope. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your man? I've forgotten his name. Played Dracula in Marvel's Dracula. Oh, in Marvel's Dracula. Uh, Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten his name yeah we've both forgotten his name everybody knows who we're talking about because we're all nerds yeah um, I think he would be a good scheming conniving killer okay like he's been in Dracula he he can manage the armour yeah he can manage the heft of it he looks imposing yeah we don't need somebody that's going to be seven feet tall because we're going a slightly different direction because Dustin Clare's tiny yeah so <laughs> the I mean, direction even... we've gone is downhill yeah <laughs> I was thinking Jason Isaac from from Star Trek Discovery oh. the evil captain oh, yeah not a bad idea you know again he doesn't have to be I'm thinking a kind of Robert Patrick in Terminator 2 kind of thing yeah. where he he's not he's the schemer he's like yeah. he goes out onto the field of battle and yeah he's great but like we're looking for somebody who's going to hold audience attention over four or five seasons because mm-hmm. McLeod is going to move away and season two I don't think should involve the Kurgan right but his machinations or people close to him are connected to the struggles that McLeod faces in season two when he's moved away. Season two is the big training season. Well, let's go to season two. We've got about we've got about seven minutes left. Oh fuck! I have seven seasons. We're not doing seven seasons today, Shane. <laughs> we'll have to come back and finish it another time. Um, yeah. So where are we going with season two? Season two, what I've called the Wonder Years. Oh, very good. Because yeah. like the Wonder Years. Yeah. So the Kurgan is a driving force behind McLeod's training, but he's far away. He's not yeah. the main. Like he's not worried about fighting the Kurgan every time. Right. He runs into a couple of other immortals. Right. But. It's pre-gathering, so they're all kind of matesy. Yeah. So you run into a prick, he's a prick, but it's not that every immortal wants to cut your head off. You Immediate, go, right, okay. You go for a few drinks with the mortals. Where do they find out about the gathering? Do they all just one See, day wake up and realise it? So season two is going to carry on from Ramirez realising it. And like, this lore is handed down. Ramirez doesn't have all the answers, but can start in season two to define the world that we're living in and the powers. Okay. Because the problem with the Highlander up to this uh, was that you didn't really know like you can't fight on holy ground but you were like why and then in the earthquakes TV, I think yeah in the TV series they were like you know the last time do somebody you, did this earthquakes do you remember Pompeii yeah that have kind you, of nonsense have you ever heard of Pompeii 
So we're going to introduce them and introduce some of the lasting characters. Mm-hmm. We'll drop some hints. I think the Watchers from the TV series. Yeah. Um, a, an order dedicated to recording the actions of all the immortals and chronicling what happens. Although this would be their very early days. Yeah. Like they become be some... aware and like a character possibly from season one realised what was happening with McLeod and started the order. Right. And they're in their early days. Mm-hmm. Like his son has followed him on. That kind of thing. Okay, so we're about a generation later. Yeah. Where are we? Uh, Scotland, but then moving. Right. Because he's moved on. He's in his training phase. At least one episode is going to be to do with training. Would this would this season two then not run the risk? Because season one, you had the nice political machination of essentially being about two clans going to war. This goes from political machinations to very personal. And a bit of a road movie. Yeah. So you've gone from... You know, you're worried about your two clans and the politics and the survival of the clan to McLeod is now out in his own. There's no clan anymore. Ramirez is there in his training, but McLeod still yearns for the normal life. Now, he likes whoring about a bit as well because <laughs> it's it stars. Yeah. yeah, it stares. It stars. It doesn't glare. Yeah. There has so, to be a boob in it. Yeah. Couple. Some, there'll be loads of blood when people get their head chopped oh, off. There'll be so much blood. We could call it Highlander Blood and Lightning. <laughs> That would be perfect. Stars would like that. That's what this episode is called. Yeah. Under Blood and Lightning. Very good. Um, so he does that. He comes to the conclusion that he can't have that normal life with the death of the love interest again halfway through. I'm all about the mid-season arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, and goes abroad, moves away. To uh, Spain. To Spain or somewhere else. We're going to go like he wants to pick up a like a good Highlandery type sword. So he's going to have to go to Japan. Maybe or run into a Japanese. Would you do a bloody, I don't know if you can call them a Japanese. (laughs) Would would you do a Japanese season? Would you do season three? Duncan McLeod in Japan? Yeah, you could do. Like, I mean, I looked at season three and thought World War Two. Oh, that. Yeah. That's soon. Because like, yeah, I'm jumping about 100 years each time. Right. So maybe more. You could do a Japan season. I'm not saying you can't. I just, I went to World War Two. Right. Um, I had thought of four seasons, really. Right, go on. Um, but you could do a Japan season. And because like it sets a different kind of tone then. And I think one of the great things about Highlander is you get to explore themes of loss and things moving on. And you look at get to have a point of view character who has seen a lot of different types of honor, morality, codes of conduct, that kind mm-hmm. of thing being plonked into yet another one. And assimilating it, assimilating to it very quickly, but also realizing kind of an absolute yeah, versus you, relativism. You could have a little funny scene where he goes to Japan and forgets to take his shoes off. Yeah, and then struggles with the funny shoes. I probably want to avoid that. <laughs> we'll put that in the pile with the Queen soundtrack. Okay, fair enough. We're going to do something different here. Yeah, I mean, you could. It could be a season by season thing of him basically making a life and then the the game ruining it. Yeah, and a bit. Dexterish in the sense that not that it's going to end in a terrible worst episode of television ever but <laughs> Game of Thrones no Dexter was worse oh god he sailed into the storm was that D.B. Weiss and David Benedoff as well no I don't think so oh good but um, yeah he tries to make a life outside the game but the game always sort of catches up yeah Um, and then you've got those moments where he's living in these areas and like you've got the famous people who are adjacent every now and again he's in the right place at the right time and other times he completely misses it. And later on, in later on seasons, you can have callbacks to, what were you doing when, you know, this happened? And he's like, I can't remember. Can't remember. I was busy. Nothing important. Trying to, you know, have you ever tried to wear those Japanese shoes? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> struggling what, with Japanese couldn't shoes. Couldn't get them on. 
Cutting the toes off me. much smaller feet than me. Not me, Dustin Clare, noted small person. (laughs) I was on a slope, though. So, you know. Yeah, I think a World War II season is really where we see McLeod come into the person that he is for the gathering, the final one. It's what defines him as a person. He's like suffering on on a parallel he's never seen before. Like mm-hmm. the minor skirmishes between the McLeods and the Frasers. Yeah, where a couple of nothing. people got wounded. Yeah, and everybody sort of had a reason for being there. Now you have professional soldiers. You've been people wiped out in gas attacks. People mown down in gunfire. He's gone the pacifist route. He's a medic, but he's there and sees a lot of death and suffering. And it turns him... It At the end of that, it has turned him into the character that we want to root for. Because mm. in the earlier scenes... series, Yeah, I think we... He gets to break a few hearts. He gets to make a few decisions. People can end up dead and he's not exactly the guy we were rooting for. I think Dustin Clare would be much better than that than than Taylor. I can't speak anymore. (laughs) He'd be much better at that than Taylor Kitsch. Yes. Okay, we go with Dustin Clare. Hooray! Contact his agent. I'll contact his agent. Tell him we have shoes with lifts. (laughs) (laughs) And slopes. Strategic slopes. Yeah. Right, Jane, I think we'll bloody wrap it up there. Oh, but there's so much more. I know. Look, we'll have to do another I've spent two episode. weeks thinking about this. Yeah, well, don't worry. We've got infinite episodes until we can It's literally impossible to shut us down. Uh, so Shane will be back in a couple of weeks to continue talking about Highlander. In the meantime, why don't you tell us, you the listeners, tell us what your favourite episodes of the Highlander TV show were. Oh, I do. And what themes, concepts or ideas you would like to see transferred from that series to our new star's Blood and Lightning mm. Highlander series Highlander Blood and Lightning Highlander Blood and Lightning who would you like to see in it for yeah. casting Dustin yeah. Clare is, is signed in yeah. can't change that everything is up Elf is up for grabs well we have what's his name from Marvel's Dracula oh no we didn't agree on that because I said Jason didn't. Isaac oh yeah Jason Isaac seems a bit old yeah but maybe I'm ca- well we did say that about Dustin Clare who is our age yeah what is Jason Isaacs? He's probably 37. <laughs> Jason Isaacs is... No, he's 52. 56. 56. Fuck he, off with your Jason Isaacs. He might be a bit too old. He is. He's a bit very old. Right. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more uh, ramblings and nonsense from us, we have a bloody website. It's shomrabeug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. It means, it means Tiny, tiny Talk Studios. It doesn't. It means Tiny Room in Irish. Uh, go along there and check out our back catalogue of podcasts, Michael and Benjamin's podcast. You can also see Collecting Issues. Our bi-weekly comic book book club is there too. What else is on there? Bloody Courtney is in session. Shane's written review is sometimes there when Ben remembers to upload the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, he definitely hasn't and now he's in Spain. <laughs> standing in the shadows uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube give us now a like and a subscribe and all that stuff if you're on Spotify I don't know what you do follow yeah do a follow do a follow on listen. it and just listen to it that's if the best thing you can do if on your morning commute you pass through an area of poor coverage you can hit the download button on hit, Spotify hit the download we get a no notification if that happens for some reason do um, you yeah I don't know why it counts our listens and our downloads separately I think oh, interesting I only yeah. download things when I'm going to hit an area of poor coverage mm. um, tell a friend that's do. the best thing you can do. Tell a friend. You have a friend who likes Highlander. You've been listening to this going, I don't really like Highlander, but I'm going to listen to it anyway because I've committed. I'm on the bloody Lewis and I'm if listening to it. If you want to know which of your friends is the one who likes Highlander, it's the 36-year-old who used to wear a long leather jacket, had long hair, <laughs> and occasionally when he thinks nobody is listening, does a sword kata. Yeah, that'll be the fella. Right, see ya. <laughs> Good episode. <laughs>